everyone. Welcome back to the Date Night Podcast. My name is Virginia. And I'm Paris. And uh, today our theme is travel, so specifically a travel date. So Paris, I'm wondering what was your favorite trip ever? And it doesn't just have to be a date or like something that we've done together, um, but just in general, what was your favorite trip? My favorite trip was when I went to Berlin because I was living in Germany. I was living in Hamburg. I took a train an hour or so to Berlin and I stayed there two or three days. I slept at a hostel and pretty much all I did for two or three days was eat Turkish and Middle Eastern food from all of the amazing cooks that have immigrated from other parts of the world. And I went to World War II and uh, I don't know what other, there was quite a few conflicts over there. So, oh yeah, there was the uh, Berlin Wall. So a lot of uh, history that was very interesting to me. Okay, great. Um, I have a similar answer. I think one of my favorite trips was either Paris or Barcelona. Um, I definitely spent a more significant amount of time in Paris and Thankfully, I speak French, so I think it's a lot easier for me, and I got to see some plays, and um, they have a lot of very good nightlife, and the architecture is amazing, the food is phenomenal, um, and even just, I've, I've been a few times, like, on one of their tours, like, around um, La Seine on a, a boat, and that's also wonderful. So I really, really enjoyed my time in Paris and Barcelona. Um, as well. Food is great. The scenery is beautiful. Um, really enjoyed both of those trips that were also in Europe. Those are heavy hitters, those cities. I think both of them are in the top five most visited cities. Uh, Paris is for sure. I think Barcelona might Paris, be top five. Paris, I think, five. is the first. Yeah. yeah. Paris, I think, is um, is either the first. I don't know if, it, if it's the first. I know that uh, France is the most visited country on earth but um i don't know about paris being the most visited city we'll have to look at that later but uh i have another question for you actually what is your uh favorite trip that you've done with like a significant other either me or somebody else but you know it better be me um nice. or anything like that <laughs> <laughs> and why well we haven't been on too many trips have we we've done a couple yeah, actually, I mean, uh, just just to let yeah. you know, we're going to go into the specifics of the trip that we choose at the very end of the episode, because um, that's going to be us talking about the date. But I think we should spend time agreeing on one and then going over it at the end. Okay, well, I mean, I feel like the obvious answer is when we went to New York. I think that was our biggest trip. It was the most substantial. Uh, maybe... Just for anybody that listens to this, we've been to Calgary, Seattle, Portland, and New York, right? Those are the only places we've been to together, I think. And New York was, I think, by far the best, most yeah. most different from Vancouver. Very different food, very different culture, a lot of different sites that are unlike anything that we have on the West Coast. So yeah, I would have to just go with New York. I definitely agree. Um, okay, now that we've done our introduction, uh, sorry, let's go. So, sorry? sorry, can I interrupt you for a sec? I, I feel yeah. like maybe, 
I don't know if you have a segment for this later, but I just want to touch on the fact that Seattle and Portland, those cities are dumps. Okay. Let's, okay. I'm just, we can let's go into it. that later. Yeah. Uh, we'll have time to go into that later. Don't worry. That's our last segment. It's not oh, it is? the okay. whole segment, but we're going to go into the pros and cons of travel as a date. So pros we'll of be- Portland. Okay. Okay. Hey, this is a PG podcast. Right. Okay. Well, uh, PG 13 for sure. Nope. PG. Okay. Okay. Um, so let's go into our top five. Uh, you guys are all familiar with this segment by now. Um, do you want to go first or should I go first? This is a rank five places without knowing what comes next. Exactly. Okay, I'll give you my five first. Okay. All right. Starting with Paris. Okay, Paris. I gotta go number one. I'm starting strong. All right. New York. Ah, uh, number three. Okay. Calgary. Five. <laughs> Damn, you do not like Calgary. All right. Uh, Vancouver Island. Four. That means your second place spot is going to Kelowna. Good choice. I've always been a big fan of Kelowna. I really think people sleep on it. But you've got the lake. You've got a prosperous little town. There's resorts, there's people with nothing better to do than party. Good choice. Number two, strong number two pick. Okay. Yeah. I'm not super mad at that. I'd probably, I would definitely switch Kelowna and New York if I were to redo the list, but I think everything else is fair. Okay. All right. Here's mine. Santorini. Oh, I've never been there. Yeah, I know. Oh, am I? Oh, okay. So I'm going to be, okay. So for me, I guess it's going to be, this is, this is, yeah, this is a potential, like something you'd want to do. Oh, okay. My bad. I was, the places I picked for you, I picked places that I know you've been to. Okay. Oh yeah. No, it's okay. We can do different things. That's fine. Okay. So you said Santorini? Yes. You know, I won't lie. Gun to my head, I have no idea what continent San Torino is on. Greece. It's the it's the it's a, a very popular island in Greece, the one with the white structures. Have you ever seen those? Well, where I went had I think they just build with white in Greece everywhere. Yeah. It's like the most touristy Greek island. If mm, that okay. helps. Okay. Well, I liked when I went to Greece, so I'm sure, I'm sure I would like that place too. I'll put that at, but I've already been, so I've been to Greece. I'll put that at number three. All right. Okay, the next one is Disney World. Disney World is a lot of fun. I went, my mom took me when I was a little boy, and I have not been since. It's probably been more than 10 years. More more than 10 years, for sure. I'm going to say that's a solid four. Okay. Next one is uh, Tokyo. Tokyo. Um, how about Tokyo? No. <laughs> I think that city's got a lot of problems. 
that's going to be a strong number two for me. I have been really interested in visiting for a long time. Okay. But you just said there's a lot of problems with Tokyo. That's why I'm interested. All right. I don't really know what problems you're talking about, but all right. Let's do the next They've one. Got a, they got a lot of racism in Okay. Japan. Yeah. But I would assume that that's more prevalent in maybe more rural cities. I could be wrong, though. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't characterize all of Tokyo based on three things that I've read online. Okay, it's, yeah. Well, I have heard that people who visit Japan say pretty much only good things about it. So yeah, that's a good number two for me. Okay, next one, London. London, I'll go number five because I've already had the chance to go there and I didn't think that it was that exciting. It's definitely less interesting to me than any of the other places you've mentioned so far. Okay. That leaves and number one open for me, which is? All-inclusive resort. Uh, where? Any of like Mexico, like Cuba, Jamaica, like those kind of places. Okay, so Central, South America. Yeah, West but Indies. somewhere where you don't leave is the point. Is like there's everything gotcha. there, everything's included, and you stay there. Okay, yeah. I would definitely rather go to Tokyo, but I don't mind a all-inclusive resort in maybe somewhere in the West Indies, somewhere on the Cayman Islands, maybe. Is yeah. that the West Indies? I think it is technically. I have no idea. I'm just taking your word for it. Yeah, I'm not too sure, but that would be nice. Some nice rest and relaxation. Okay. Uh, now we're going to dive into our Reddit React. Okay. So I'm just opening up the link right now. Give me a second. So this was posted on Life Pro Tips. Okay. And it's actually a Life Pro Tip request. So I don't know if you're familiar with those, but it's when people ask for help for a life pro tip and a life pro tip, mm -hmm. the description says tips that improve your life in one way or another. So it can vary depending on different things. But this one is one that I found directly relevant to our theme. And I'm curious to, to hear what you think about it. And I'm also curious to see how it compares to the answers that some people have mentioned in the comments. So life pro tip request, how to propose to my partner if she suspects I will propose to her on our upcoming trip. And he says, so I know that I'm going to propose to my girlfriend in our upcoming trip in Japan. I heard from her friends that she thinks I will do it there. And then he puts in brackets. I didn't tell anyone at all. How can I lower her expectations and then surprise her? Okay, that's kind of funny. It's yeah. I think it's yeah. sweet. Yeah, it's sweet. It's a little bit odd to me that he wants to lower her expectations, I guess, because he wants it to be a bigger surprise. Is that yeah. what you think? Okay. Yeah, I think so. And it's funny you mentioned that because that's something that the comments mention as well, but we can get into that after. Okay, sure. Well, since he wants her to be very surprised, 
Oh man. I mean, this is one of those things where you want to be careful not to take it too far because I feel like if she thinks that you're going to propose on this trip and you end up doing it last second, she's probably going to lose hope over the course of the trip and think, Oh man, he's not actually going to propose. That's so disappointing. Yeah. I've been looking forward to that. So I was thinking just rip off the bandaid propose like right away when you get there. So she's not anticipating it too much, but if you want a surprise, I would. I, what I would do to be truly evil <laughs> is I would pick three, four, or five special parts of the trip that are maybe very romantic or just beautiful in some way or another. And I would, in each of these locations, take my uh, partner who I'm proposing to off like away from the crowd to like a little bit more of a private area and I would kneel down in front of them and I would just do that like just to like polish my shoe or like pick up a stone or something <laughs> and I would just do that three or four times in a row and then on the last time I would actually whip a ring out okay and I think by doing that you're actually teasing the fact that you're going to propose because if you don't end up proposing and you do that like three times, you're, just, and it's clear, you're a horrible person, right? Yeah, I think you're horrible <laughs> if you do that. So I think that's kind of a funny way of doing it. Um, but it's funny that you mentioned that, you know, like, why does it need to be a surprise? And that you and you also mentioned that um, that it shouldn't be at the end of the trip or that, you know, like she you don't mm -hmm. want her to lose hope. And that's the most the most liked comment basically says the same thing. Um, they say, highly suggest that the first day or two, that you do it on the first day or two so that you enjoy the rest of the trip trip with like that added, mm -hmm. you know, enjoyment or happiness. Um, and all the other comments mention that it, you know, that it's fine if it's that she expects it. So I think yeah, you were on I the nose. Agree. And I think I agree, actually. Like you would recommend doing a proposal on like the first day or two? Yeah, like at the, the beginning of the trip. Right. Yeah, if she expects it to. But I, mm -hmm. I like your idea of fake kneeling. Although I think it can get kind of annoying after like the <laughs> second time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would agree. All right. Next segment is our trade offer. Do you want me to go first or should you go first? I went first giving you the places to rank, right? So why don't you go first giving me the trade offer? Okay. So you can never leave the continent for the rest of your life, but that include that's North America, not all the Americas, just North America. Okay. Uh, but you can speak every language in the world. <laughs> that's a funny trade. So I'll be able to speak Swahili and whatever yeah. and have absolutely no use for it. Okay. No, yeah. I don't, I don't think I would do that. I think that's cool, but it, I mean, if we lived in, if we lived on a more diverse continent, I would probably go for that. Actually. I imagine okay. if I lived in Africa, that's probably a no brainer. I could see that really being amazing. Like imagine going to like, let's say you live in Nigeria or South America, South Africa, rather, and then you can go to Egypt and speak 
I assume Arabic is what they speak up there. So yeah, I think so. Yeah. So that would be pretty okay. awesome. But I mean, if all I can go to is Mexico and the USA, I'm going to pass on that. All right. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Your turn. All right. So my trade offer is that you get to fly first class everywhere for the same price as a normal ticket. So okay. if you so you buy a ticket somewhere, it's automatically, you could imagine, upgraded to first class. Okay. But the uh, what you have to give up for this is you have to stand for the first two hours of every <laughs> flight in the aisle. So the the crew is fine with it. They understand. Passengers won't. They'll be like they'll be wondering what the hell's wrong with you. The crew will know that as part of your deal to fly first class, you have to stand in the aisle for two hours. They're okay. They're not upset. But if you if you are unable to do that, like if, if after if partway through the two hours you're just too tired, you have to sit down or you can't take the pressure from everybody staring at you and wondering what the hell's wrong with you, <laughs> then uh you're you're banned from that airline. From that airline? Yeah. Wow, that's harsh. Yeah, yeah. No, and... no, no, it's 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 a commitment. If you're doing this, you you have to do it. Okay, I have a question. I have two questions. Mm -hmm. Can I walk? down the aisle or do I literally have to stand there? Uh, you can walk down the aisle, but the only condition there is it, it can't interfere with the crew. So if they are, if they're doing their patrols and you would be in their way, they're not going to allow that. If they're doing snacks or drinks, obviously that wouldn't be allowed. Of course. But that would also apply to if I'm standing in the aisle, because if they're doing snacks, I have to well, move they, to the you, aisle. Yeah, you would just, you would stand like in your seat, like you would scooch in okay. and just stand, you're like you're not allowed to sit on it, but you do that awkward kind of hunched over yeah. stand that people do when they try to leave the flight too early and everybody's blocking the aisle when you've just landed. Yeah. Okay. Can I do like some squats or something, like some stretches or whatever? I can do whatever I want. Yeah, you can, you can do whatever as long as the crew is unbothered by it and you do not sit. Okay, and last question that I have for you is, uh, do I say standing for takeoff? Yeah, so what they'll do is they will, they will kind of lean you up against a wall. So you'll you'll brace yourself up against the back wall of the plane and just, just hold on. I mean, that's, you'll just have to be careful, really. And if you fall, like if you fall and smack your head, not a big deal. Like the crew isn't going to be mad at you or anything. You know, you'll just have some bumps and bruises. Okay. I have a final question. This is, a, this I... is a lot of qualifying questions. But... No, but I have a final really important one. If a flight is like three hours or whatever, and I'm like, okay, it's not worth it. Can I just pass on the first class right away and just sit? No. Okay. So I, for okay. So for all other flights, I have to say sending. Okay, you know what? Um, I'm gonna take it. And the reason I'm gonna take it is because I don't really care what people think of me. They're just gonna like they'll think of it for like a couple hours. They'll tell their friends that some weirdo was standing on the plane, and then who cares? Right. But ultimately, if I'm doing like a big transcontinental flight, I think being in first class will be so worth it. And also 
every time I'm on a long flight, I wish I could stand up more and I wish I could walk more without being weird. And this will give me an excuse to be weird and to walk around. So I don't mind. Well, I mean, you're standing for the first two hours. So it's not like it gives you a rest from sitting. You can obviously stand up the way anybody else does halfway through the flight just to stretch your legs. But this isn't. No, I know. But I think that this two hours will be good for me to get my blood flowing. And then I get to rest for the rest of the flight. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, that's an interesting answer because I would never take that deal because I sleep for so long on flights, like at least probably three, four, five hours, depending on the length of the flight. So that's not worth it. I don't think I get any value out of business class unless it's a super long flight, like probably eight plus hours it would have to be. Yeah, I can't sleep on any flight ever. And I'm also really stressed at the airport. So I would really appreciate first class. I think. Okay. Cool. Okay. So next segment is she slash he is a 10, but do you want to go first or should I go first for this one? I'll go first for this one because I just, you give me the last one first. Mine for you is he's a 10, but is completely against visiting Mexico, Central America, or South America. So we'll not will not go further south than Texas, essentially. Okay. And will not elaborate on why. Will not elaborate on why. Okay, do I know is he like a racist otherwise? You have no information. If you ask Well, the like, thing is if I know if we're like together and I know yeah. him pretty well, I probably know whether he's a racist or not. So assuming you, he's not a racist, but he, because yeah. I know him pretty well and he just doesn't want to go there. I would just assume that there's like some trauma involved there uh, that he doesn't want to tell me about. And that's fine. But that's uh, fine. but he's a, he's a 10, like you're looking at him and you're like, damn, look at that gorgeous man. You don't, you don't know him very well. I mean, you maybe, maybe you're an acquaintance. That's about it. To me, when I say he's a 10, it's like everything else is perfect, including personality. Okay, fine. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Okay. So I think I would take that deal. I would. Okay, let me let me make a, a slight change then. You, you ask about going to Mexico, okay. and he responds, Mexico? Ew. And then won't elaborate further. Uh, yeah, maybe he's been to Mexico. He had a really bad experience. He saw something <laughs> gross and he doesn't want to go again. That's fine. I can go to Mexico I, with my friends. And and you don't think it's any issue that you ask, oh, how come you want, how, how come you don't want to go to Mexico? What's wrong? And all he says is, oh my God, I no no Mexico. Okay. But it depends if he's like, sorry, like, I just really don't want to talk about it. No, no, no. There's no, it's just, no. Oh my God. Okay, no, I no think you're just trying to get me to <laughs> say no to this and it's not working. So I okay, think we what? need to move on. <laughs> okay, fine. So he's fair <laughs> enough. He's a 10, but what, what do you rank? What do you not rank? What, what score do you give him after this? Does this, does this downgrade him at all? Well, I, 
like it'll make me be concerned but if is i'm he a nine after this okay i don't know i don't know you're asking me too many questions i don't know oh just, well just wondering because he's a he's a 10 but xyz so what is he now okay well the, again it just depends if he's like ew mexico oh no uh Me- yes. i can't talk about that that's so gross like exactly. then okay he's like a six or like a seven i don't know Wow, that's but big, if he's that's like, no, deduction. like I'm just really traumatized. I just don't no, want to no, no, talk no. about it. Because saying that he's traumatized, that's already elaborating. There's no elaboration. Okay, but if he says, sorry, I just really don't want to talk about it. If he says it like that, then he's still a ten or a nine. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Okay. Okay. She's a ten, but she thinks Japan is a city in China. She's a three and a half. All right. Moving on. Just, yeah, I mean, what the heck? How, <laughs> how uninformed can you possibly be? I understand. I didn't know where Santorini was. I get that. But Japan in China, that's on another level, you know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you definitely went down a couple points when you didn't know where Santorini was, but that's okay. It's okay. Going down a couple points still leaves me at an 11. <laughs> okay. Beige versus green versus red flags. This is a new segment we have for today. Okay. Uh, y- you went first last time, so I go first this time. So your partner oh, sorry. Do spends... you want to... Wait, sorry. Do you want to explain what a beige flag is? Oh, yeah. I should probably explain that. Okay. So a green flag, we all know what that is. A red flag is something that, you know, you make or break or sorry, you break a relationship for. And then a beige flag is just something kind of endearing or kind of funny, but it's, yeah, but it's neither a green nor a red flag. That's really important. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. All right. Go ahead. So mine is, um, I have two actually. So the first one is your partner spends months learning the language of the country you are visiting before going. And oh, sorry, I actually, you cut out for a second. Your partner learns the language of uh, what? So wherever you go, like if you have a trip planned, let's say Japan for oh, this, okay. um, your partner will spend months and months and months spending at least a couple hours a day learning that language and being very, very passionate about learning the language. And we'll okay. like cancel plans and like make it a very important priority to learn the language sure. to the it's best a, of their ability. Yeah, it's a big commitment. We could say maybe like two hours, like five days a week, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what it would take to learn. Oh, stop. Sorry, that was my laundry. Okay, I'll have to move <laughs> that after the podcast. But... I would, I mean, I'm going to say that's a green flag because I think that's a, that's a beautiful little dream to pursue. And I think that it's, it's obviously like very beneficial to the person. Like it's very good for you to learn languages. It would probably improve the trip for both of us. And ultimately a couple hours a day that's that's easy to make time for if something is really of interest to you okay but keep in mind 
that also means that they would never they would need months and months of notice for any sort of trip and oh funny okay I didn't think about that yeah and they would also like that might take away from your time together as well because she's really motivated in learning that that's Um, okay yeah I mean come on there's 24 hours in the day I don't need all of them with with anybody you know what I'm saying yeah I know (laughs) okay I'm gonna say the 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 issue of needing to give like months of notice isn't isn't great but is it is it like three months notice is that the minimum or what yeah probably three months yeah I think that's a, I think I could work with three months. That's not a big deal. I think that's even still probably a green flag. I have, I actually, I think this is beautiful and I have no issue with it. Okay. I actually, I agree with you. It couldn't be me, but I agree with you. No, I could never do this. And I think that it's an insane thing to do, but if this is somebody's passion, that's wonderful. All right. You're up. All right. Where are mine? Okay. Here we go. Red flag, beige flag, green flag, your partner puts together very detailed trip itineraries. So on each day has things planned out by the hour, let's say, all right? And will not deviate from the trip itinerary no matter what. Um, but Tim- now... Let me, sorry, maybe I, I just want to clarify. The, these are immaculate. You're getting to Santorini and every hour, whatever, like you, let's say you're out for like eight hours. There's like a few hours that relax. Every hour is meticulously chosen and it's spectacular, but there there is no moving or changing anything. All right, now go ahead. Okay. What if like the bus is late or something, something that's out of your control? Okay, good question. If the bus is late and so you cannot, like, let's say you can't, well, okay. If something is late, it you would just follow the itinerary to the best of your abilities. So that would mean you just have less time in one location or you have maybe more time in okay. another location. Like in, so you could see things getting extended in the itinerary. But if, uh, let's say you missed the bus or the bus got canceled and now you are like stuck somewhere, you would be stuck doing whatever that last activity was. So if it was sightseeing, you're going to sightsee until the next available activity. Okay. And also if the bus is late, is the, is the person like bugging out and they're like really upset? because things are not going to plan uh no because they're so neurotic that they don't even recognize their neuroticism they just they're you've you've just done sightseeing for two hours and now you miss a bus so you'll be doing another two hours of sightseeing to them that's essentially they're still sticking to the itinerary they they have no problem with that they're like oh I guess I guess that's going to be another couple hours of this. Hey, Maya. All right, let's go. Let's do another lap. Okay. Yeah, this is a beige flag for me. Um, I love to plan as well. I'm not that neurotic, but 
I would love to go somewhere and have everything planned for me, um, especially if they're really good activities. Uh, yeah, I think, but it's not quite a green flag because I think that I'd like to have some say in it. Um, and also I'd like to be able to deviate from the plan if, you know, if like sightseeing is really interesting and we meet some people and we want, and they invite us to do this, like I'd like to be able to do more spontaneous things. Um, but I also understand like wanting to stick to the plan and wanting to do your own thing and itinerary and wanting to hit all of those viewpoints. So not quite a green flag, not quite a red flag, but it's endearing. So I'm going to put that as a beige flag. Okay. I think that's probably a red flag for me. I don't know if I could work with that. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my last flag here is your partner sleeps in until 11 every day and will not make an exception when you travel. Die. <laughs> so no? Yeah, no, I can't do that. All right. I mean, Your I'm turn. not, yeah, I'm not that much of an early riser, but 11, like sometimes you, sometimes you got to get up early, you know? But What about like nine, but it's, and they just like, actually, let's say 10. 10 is still too late. I think it probably depends a little bit on where you, I don't know. No, I mean, you just need flexibility. When I was in the U.S. with my friends, there was one morning where we wanted to go look at the sunrise over some big famous canyon in Utah. It wasn't Grand Canyon. It was another big famous one. And the sunrise was horrible. It was so cloudy that you couldn't see any sun. I mean, there was no, there was no orange. There was no pink. There was nothing. But uh, we woke up at five thirty in the morning to take the chance on it. And sometimes you just you have these interesting activities that require you to wake up super early. And sometimes they suck, but sometimes they're amazing. You never know, right? Okay. All right. I like that answer. All right. I have one for you here. This is my last one as well. Your partner will never do a trip longer than seven days. Uh, that's okay. And oh, the really? reason that's okay, yeah, because I think if you're going to Europe or like Africa or Asia, that's really, really short. Um. But I would say that's definitely a beige flag rather than a red flag. And the reason is because I can understand, and I'm I'm just assuming that this is the reason, but, you know, like some people are homebodies and they don't want to be away from home for too long. Uh, or, you know, they have a routine or they have work or whatever. So I think naturally as you get older, you, I think more and more people are like that too. They just mm -hmm. can't be away from home for too long anyways. Um, so I don't think it's a red flag. I think it would be rather a beige flag. Uh, but I think that would be hard, you know, if you if you don't have kids kids yet, you're not married yet, and you, like, want to take those opportunities to take bigger trips and your partner doesn't want to. I think that would be hard for me, but it's not, ultimately, it's not a deal breaker. Cool. Okay. Do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I would I would agree. 
All right. Okay, so our last segment is this week's challenge, but obviously we're not traveling right now, but we're actually going to talk about our New York trip um, because that was our favorite trip that we did together and what we rate it as a date and also in general how we think trips are as quote unquote a date activity. Okay. So what did you think of New York? What were the pros, the cons, your thoughts specifically of doing it with a partner rather than going by yourself or with family or friends? Okay, well, I mean, I actually would say that I don't feel like New York benefited that much from being there. Well, I mean, okay, how do I put this? Because like, uh, this is going to come out wrong, but when when I was in New York with you, it was a fantastic trip. I don't know if the trip was improved because I was with a significant other. The The trip was improved mm -hmm. because I was with somebody that I really like spending time with, but it wasn't like there were activities for couples, for example, or romantic things that we did where it, it that was unlocked by being there with a partner. So I, I don't know. It, it was a fantastic trip specifically for couples i think it probably is a good city because i know there are like romantic restaurants and stuff in new york i mean there's just a lot of food options and there's probably a lot of now nah, actually well there's the park the park is kind of romantic uh, so i don't know as like an actual couple's vacation i'm not sure it's that special yeah i i think i agree with you i was more so thinking on like in terms of like dates in general how do trips fit in there because I think obviously a trip is really expensive takes a lot of time a lot of energy it's a whole shift to your routine mm -hmm. but also I think it's can be really worth it if you go on like a really nice trip and you get along really well with your partner and you you have similar interests on like what you want to do on the trip too um, I think that could be a really good test for your relationship as well. So I think trips for me are really are a really good date because they, you know, they test the relationship well and you can have you can learn a lot about someone really quickly when you do all these activities and when you plan the activities together um, versus like, you know, if you're dating someone and you see them a couple times a week and you go on a date that's not the same as like living them with them for like a week in a foreign mm -hmm. country or a foreign place. Um, but obviously the cost and the time and the energy does bring it down because obviously people are not going on trips as a weekly date. That's just not feasible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At least for 99.9% .9 of people. Yeah. If you have a private jet, then I guess it's a different story, but. Yeah. I think that trips are one of those things where if you have a very good one it's probably an unbeatable date at the same time it's probably not a date that you want to have often so I don't really know how you would balance that that's going to be different for everybody but I think that everybody should try to do a trip with their significant other depending like assuming you've been together for quite some time and you're in a good solid stable relationship 
I think it's worth saving up and it's worth trying to make the time to do it. Maybe a week or maybe not even that long, but a week is probably good depending on where you go. So I would highly recommend it. But I also think probably once a year is enough for most couples. Like also being realistic in terms of what you can afford and how much time you can take off once a year is probably sufficient for most people. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think um, also there's a difference between the Seattle and Portland trip that we did, which was over a weekend or like, I guess, a long weekend and mm -hmm. uh, and the New York trip, which we I think we were almost there. We were like there for five or six days, so almost a week. Um, and then another step above that is going to Europe or going to Asia for extended totally. periods of time. Totally. Yeah. So there's different levels to it. And I think a weekend trip, you can, I mean, depending on your financial situation and everything, maybe you could go on one or two a year, uh, but maybe like bigger trips like Europe, those are like every two, three or more years. Yeah, I guess it also depends where you live. I feel like in North America, or maybe I should specify in Canada, I feel like your weekend trip options are pretty limited because I agree. flying to the U.S. is pretty expensive compared to if you're in the U.S., flying domestically is not so bad. And I mean, Canada, just it's so big. Everything's so spread out. You just don't have that many options. I mean, you want to go to Kelowna? I mean, I get it. It's a top 10 destination, but realistically, it's not worth going for a weekend, probably. And, and also the thing yeah. about Kelowna is that it's a four or five hour drive from Vancouver. But if you live in London, shout out my friend that lives in London, she gets on a flight and she goes anywhere she wants in Europe in like under two hours. Most of the time, it's like an hour. And she can go on weekend trips all the time or like you know, visit around. And she's done that a few times. And um, it's really cheap, really accessible for anybody that lives in Europe. So I agree, it definitely depends on where you live. Yeah, I mean, if you get a two hour flight from Vancouver, assuming it's a it's an inexpensive flight, two hours, congratulations, you're in Edmonton. And maybe <laughs> if you're willing to pay extra, sure, you can probably within two hours get to somewhere in Oregon or maybe yeah I'm sure California maybe the like the northern California you could probably make it there in like about two hours or so by flight but ultimately those are expensive think, flights yeah California I would feel like it's at least three hours but I could be wrong could be yeah uh actually yeah you could be right I'm, maybe anywhere worth going to in California is more than two hours but yeah yeah, I think that stuff can be tough. Um, what do you rate travel with your partner as an overall rating out of 10? Well, I would give it a 10. I think it's I think it's even an important thing to do, not only just a very fun thing to do. Agreed. I would also give it a 10. Um and just to circle back on something you mentioned earlier about how, you know, it's not necessarily, it can be really tiring and it's not something you do every week um, for most people at least, but I also wouldn't want to do it every week, like you said. Um, I think that oftentimes those types of dates can often be the best ones. 
because there's a lot of dates that we've been on that I would never like I wouldn't do the week right after because it's just too much but also it was like mm -hmm. one of the most fun dates like and uh, one that I can think of is jet skiing when we went that one time it was really expensive so that's definitely a reason why I wouldn't go two weeks in a row but it was one of the most fun dates ever and uh and I think it was really worth it but yeah I think sometimes the most fun dates are the ones that you can't repeat too often yeah definitely yeah I think that's even probably just a good rule of thumb if it's uh, gonna be a crazy date it's probably gonna leave you pretty tired yeah I agree did you want to wrap up with saying anything about Seattle and Portland? I know you were very passionate about that. Oh my goodness. Please, anybody that ever listens to this, never go to Seattle and Portland. Those cities are in bad shape. And if we keep visiting those places, those cities are never going to learn their lesson. Okay. We okay. need to. I think that they're not relying necessarily on the tourism industry. So I don't know no, if I'd no, say no. that. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they It's not like if care. it was like, I don't know, Paris or something, you know, if there's no tourists going to Paris, then, then there's a big problem. But um, yeah, there's a huge homelessness issue in Seattle and Portland, especially Portland. Uh, but I, I'm going to say something controversial. I really, I really liked both of those cities. Uh, the Me food too. in Portland and the activities we did in Portland and Seattle were really fun. We saw really good comedy in Seattle uh, and Portland too, actually. Um, but definitely, like, I don't think I'd necessarily go back just because I feel like I we both did everything we wanted to do there. And it's also quite a trek from Vancouver, but um, it can be kind of dangerous. I definitely wouldn't go alone or if you're a woman by yourself, I wouldn't go there by yourself. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think for anybody, I wouldn't go there by myself as a big, handsome man, because I, even, yeah. I would be scared. And, you know, maybe it's maybe we don't boycott those cities, but I just wanted to put that PSA out there. I got I've shared this opinion with a handful of people. I've gotten a lot of a lot of hate for it. A lot of people saying my views on Portland and Seattle are not justified. And I want to take this time here on the podcast where nobody can push back on me. And I want to say, no, th those opinions are very justified. Those cities are crumbling. When I went to Seattle, it's, listen, we went to Seattle, what, a year ago? When I went with my friends just a month and a bit ago, it was worse. It's gotten worse in that 10-month really? period. It's way worse. I, we were walking to Pike Place. And we walked past a couple of alleys that had just been converted into towns of homeless people. I mean, it was pretty much just shoulder to shoulder homeless people in an alley, just completely. It was like an outdoor. It was like one of those outdoor malls that was like really, really busy. And it's mm -hmm. kind of like kind of shoulder to shoulder foot traffic. Imagine that. But with homeless people in an alley, that's a tragedy. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I think it's kind of ironic we we talk about that because um because we live in Vancouver and there's a huge homeless problem in True. Vancouver as well, <laughs> especially around where we live actually. Not especially, but around where we live it can get pretty bad too. But I think we're just used to it 
I think that's really difference is we like all, you know, we're, we're homies with the homeless people there. We know them. It's different. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's different, but yeah, no, I I agree with you. It can definitely don't go there by yourself. Go there with your family or friends. Actually don't go there with your family. Don't go to Seattle, Portland, Portland with your family. I don't think it's good to go there with kids right now, but yeah, I think that'd be a bit scary for a young kid. Actually, that's like probably the one good piece of advice out of this out of this uh, session of whining. Yeah, don't go to those <laughs> places with young kids. I like that advice. Perfect. Okay, I think we're all done for our travel date episode of the week. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.